All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of the Kill Your Internet podcast. With you today, as always, is your boy Colin, and we have a special episode today. Uh, it's something different. We actually don't have a member of the band. Uh, instead, we have on DJ, podcasting, uh, entertainer, businessman, father, my man DJ Move. DJ Move, <laughs> how the fuck are we doing today? Kyle, what's good, bro? Dude, I'm so happy to see you. We were just like like talking right before this started. Like, I'm used to seeing Move every week. My man is a fixture in Philadelphia. West Philly, born and raised. West Philly, man. All day, man. I, Dude, I, I love North, where I'm from. Northeast over here, but it's the same city. Of course, the same, same city. Same city, man. It's all love. And we're going to get into that, too, because it's kind of the same city and it's kind of not with a lot of shit that's going on right now. But Agreed. We'll get into that. Either yeah. way, dude, I'm just so happy to see you. Yo, likewise, man. And look, this is what's, what's great about the Internet, because could you imagine what we just went through without the Internet, bro? Bro, and that, that's the crazy thing, because on this podcast, we talk a lot about the Internet. A lot of the, the subject matter of the new record is about the Internet. And it's mostly right. cast in a negative light, because we were focused so heavily in this process of talking about the negative, the, just the, the divisive side of the internet. And you're actually watching what it could be. It's really working the way it should work. It's bringing people yeah. together. Um, and no, if we didn't have the internet, the record wouldn't be finished. We wouldn't be doing this right now. Nah, and it wouldn't be possible. Dude, so many people wouldn't have got heard. And that's so much of what's going on right now with, with the protests and with, with so much other shit going on in the world these voices wouldn't have gotten heard if it wasn't for the internet. So there is a positive to all this. Uh, yo, I, I think so too. And it's, we have all these tools, you know, like that we're, we're given and it's all about what you do with them. 100%. Um, you know, it's like, you can use the internet for positive and negative, but it's, it's kind of like, like the internet is just this, this medium that it's like a gray area and it's never going to, like it runs itself. It I does, mean, because it's, it's, it's ran by the people. And the, the more positive energy I think that you put on it, the better of a community that you start to build around you. Well, dude, I mean, with, with you, like you're one of the most positive human beings I've ever met. We've had so many conversations <laughs> just about life as musicians, life as entertainers, just life as people trying to do this. And we've never had a bad combo. It's always like uplifting. But man, always- man, when I see you, I always give you like the like the hug from the motherland because dude. It, it, it's... It's, it's meaningful, and I mean it. Let me let me ask you a question. Do you remember the first thing that brought us together? Because I remember exactly what it was. I remember exactly the moment that me and you became friends. Um, um it's I, one I, I think it was. Ex- I, I played. I played a common record. Um, you played I think the light. It was, um, it, 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 the light was one of them, and the yeah. other standout track was um, "They Say" with John Legend and, oh, and Kanye. Dude. One of my all-time. You, you always turned your head, bro. You That's always thing, turned man. your head. You have the ability as a DJ to play to your crowd and like you'll play the hits you'll play you know top 40 whatever but you always mix in one to two tracks that like if you're a hip-hop head in the crowd you're like oh shit like i'll hear gangstar in center city and i'll be like okay let's go like and i remember walking right up to you just being like dude thank you for playing the light like thank you so much i, I remember that man and i'll never forget that it's, it's it's been uh you know a great thing ever since but i mean just think about it without me knowing you know, you really, your background, but the fact that we both have uh, the same kind of music that we like, and we have like a, a small age difference, but we both like the same records. Like, it doesn't even matter what led us to, to like it. Nope. We both like it. And, and that should really be how, how human nature is. Like, I mean, hey, we have something in common. It's positive. Let's build off that. 
Bro, and I think the thing is, too, when we talk about the internet a lot of the times, we're, we're basing it off, like, watching interactions on things like Twitter and just watching the way people have – there's no communication currently going on. A lot of the times, it's, it's kind of divisive and, and head-on-head, and it, no, nothing gets anywhere. You just form, right. like, little clicks. Right now, with what's going on in the world, it's been – beautiful to watch people actually come together for something like it's fucking insane the way this is this is all popped off and i mean i guess that'll start the conversation moving towards why like i really like was like i need move on this week so the dj move podcast the episode was entitled the american dream and the american nightmare correct yeah the reason um i wanted to catch people's attention with um america's dream and nightmare because dreams and nightmares is obviously meek's song so like obviously played it at I my knew, wedding. <laughs> exactly. I mean it's everybody knows it. It's a it's a big Philly record. So I was thinking, let me piggyback off that so people can just at least want to um just see what it's about. And yeah. I wanted to talk about you know like what's really going on. And the podcast is I, I had a long life, man, in a short period of time. Um, and I, I've done a lot. And so now that I've gotten what I've wanted out of life. I'm like, there's no better way for me to give back to the people who've been supporting me than to give them information and perspective. Bro, and that's all we're like, that's all I'm looking for right now is, and I had a conversation with somebody like right, right as soon as, well, first of all, let's just get it out in the open. The murder of George Floyd changed right. America forever. And in, in, and in that, in a positive way, because I've never seen, did you ever think that you would see as many white people protesting for black lives matter as you are right now no and it's amazing you know I, I want to tell you something interesting and i told uh, uh my mentor his name is um dr joe gillespie he's uh, i've known him for the last 17 18 years like he introduced himself to me in college and he has been in my life ever since yeah um and i i said to him i said you know what i'm not against um this quarantine um, because this is going to be, I said this back in, when it first started, I said, this will be the first time America will understand what it's like to be black. And what I meant by that is this is the first time that everybody's equalized and people can understand what it's like to really want to do something and not be able to, you know, so everybody can, can relate. And then this whole thing happens, you know, and so it, it's like a it's, perfect storm, dude. Yeah. Like, this is the first time I have so much confidence moving forward. I really do. I've never, like, I got goosebumps hearing you say that. Like, legitimately, the hair on my arm just stood up. Because, as I said earlier, you're one of the most positive people I've ever met. And I've listened to the pod, that episode of the podcast twice now. First off, I want to give you a shout, because as someone who has a podcast, <laughs> you talk for 37 minutes straight, and you did not fucking dip out once. The thing I found amazing. Oh, that was hard, yo. Dude, yo, you already know. Like doing one shot with no notes, bro. No notes and just talking. And that was because me and you were in contact like right after this happened. I hit you up I, yeah. I, I, through Facebook and I was just like, yo, if you want to talk, you want to chop it up, call me. And after I listened to that, I was like, it's part of one thing that, that we as a band have been trying to do. And it's not as much, you know, we're fucking six white people. We're not trying to give fucking our thoughts on this because that's not what this right. is about what we're trying to do is listen learn and amplify the voices that need to get heard and when i listened to what you said i was like yo if i can give any more you know fucking amplification of what you were just saying i want to do it and that that to me like that was fucking inspiring because i listened to that and i was like holy shit this dude's right on the money i appreciate it man um the well a little bit about my background i yeah. really didn't have um 
just any like just growing up in West, it's it's all black, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's every city is relatable, you yeah. know what I mean? But at, at that time, um, I started going to school in in South Philly, you know, which was pretty much away from everything that I was I was used to. And Especially I mean? like, like if you're talking like year like a couple years ago like it's a totally different part of the city than it is now south philly is a totally different part of the city. exactly so i i learned i learned a lot and it was more so that it was culture shock because only thing that i knew about white people was you know what i was told about them and what i saw on um on on tv right. so when i went to high school i kind of got a, a different perspective i'm like okay like these people are no different from me but the skin color because everything's relatable and in school we didn't have these kinds of issues right. um you know, because we were growing with each other over like you know, four years. And so then with college, military. And so I've seen all different sides of, of life. And right. so I've gotten to the point where, okay, I have, I've learned enough on my own and let me take the information that I've gotten from each um, experience and let me bring it to people because I've seen a lot, man. Uh, you know, just from switching, you know, just from the going, living in the hood and the suburbs and, military, you know, just from even something as simple as seeing how somebody treats me when I have on a uniform, when I don't have on a uniform, yep. the same person. So, I mean, just from, you know, when I wasn't in the music industry, you know, just, you know, DJing and what, when I um, was, I've just seen like just so many different sides of the coin. And I've, amongst all that, I had to just come up with my own, my own views and my own perceptions because my feet were really held to the fire because I had to like live it, you know, as far as like working in, you know, the blue collar industry, the white collar, you know, working in the bank, UPS. Dude, it's, and that, it's to me, that to me was like one of the things that, because being a veteran, being, you, you've lived a lot of life. It's like the first thing you said right there. And to me, like, that's the best perspective that you can get is if, if you really have had to fucking, you know, be yourself in multiple situations and you know, the perspective of other people as well. And I think like, I know that's something we always try and strive for. Fucking everybody should try and strive for that. But to right. me, like when I was looking for perspective on, on you're trying to listen to as many people as humanly possible, and especially with as many people can give their opinion now as they can. And when I listened to what you had to say, dude, I just, I legit, because I know you, I, I, I know like your positive attitude on things, but I can hear fucking pain in your voice. Like I know you mean what you're saying. Bro, it's, it's, it's hard. But now after, after seeing, um, George Floyd, after seeing that happen on my gloves off, like, you know, it's, Dude, it's, it's, it's no more biting tongue. Like this, this, this has to, it's, it's, I'm looking at it like, ladies and gentlemen, what more do we need after seeing this? Like, Dude, I, that, why is that it? That was painful to watch. Why is it? Well, first off, fucking, if you can watch that and not. I'm not watching it again. Bro, I fucking watched it one time and me and my wife both said like this is fucking pure evil. Like you can't, like just as a human being, if you can watch that and not think that something needs to change, like systematically and just in our fucking hearts as human beings. Like you don't, you can watch it and you don't think that there's something fucked up and you can make some sort of justification around it or try and say, but dude, there's no buts. And to me, nah, like, no my, my question is the kind of like, why is it that this was so much more visceral than, cause we've had, you know, evidence previously of, of shit like this, like that have, you know, caused protests or, or dialogue. Why did this like take off differently? What was it about? Th is it just time? Um, and I asked, uh, a friend of mine, you know, yeah. this, um, I asked him if we'll, we'll just say, um, like somebody in their twenties, 
you know, who's, um, you know, just social active. If they had the option to pick between going to a protest or going to a brunch, chances are they're going to go to a brunch, historically speaking. Right. But the perfect storm was that, okay, we saw this, we've been quarantined for, you know, long enough. We saw this happen and then we still can't, uh, you know, go out and, you know, be distracted by things that really don't matter, yeah. you know? And look, and I even say what we're, what we do really doesn't matter on a grand scale, but it's, it's a necessity, but it really doesn't matter because we're trying to do things like when a song is written, it's written from somebody's lens and they're trying to draw a picture to uplift people. And it's supposed to be a good time. It's supposed to be an escape, but that's, you know, real reality. And so now that people have to face it, there was like, no escape. Right, it's real. No, there was no escape. Away from it. From the Dude, phones, you can't get that yeah. was right there. It's like, all right, checkmate. That's a really good point. Like I never, like I hadn't like processed the fact that, dude, there was no looking away. It's not like it's like, all right, well, fuck it, I can just go to the gym, try and like shake this off. There was nothing. You're in your house, you're watching TV, yeah, and, and it's there. But, but just to watch the response, dude, and to see, dude, there was five thousand fucking people in Berlin, Germany, protesting racial inequality in the United States, like. Berlin, Germany, of all fucking places. Like, that's amazing right. to me. And I don't know. Like, I just feel like, because you left on kind of a positive note at the end of your podcast. Like, you actually brought solutions and said, like, this is where we could go. This is what we could do. And when I listened to that, like, I just got inspired for the fact that we can actually look at this now in a historical context and say, like, yo, this might have been the moment where shit actually changed. And I think it, I think it will, uh, because everybody's been broken, yeah. um, you know, to, from everything that they've been used to. And so you, you got to like deal with yourself. And a lot of people, you know, will, will mask their pain, you know, be it substance, be it, um, you know, just something that they really believe strongly in, you know, yeah. where the person who's uh, just wants to work out every day or, or run like all those distractions and you, the person who just lives for the weekend, you know, they make the money Monday through Friday, and you know, Get spend it Friday all night weekend. And, and, yeah, yep. and and that's that's their rotation. Um, the the thing. Uh, let me explain to you how difficult you know it is, like just being black. Now you can line up, you know, two people who come from. I, I, I would say, you know, just a black guy and a white guy that both yep. come from from poverty, right? right? And so both can have the same exact trajectory and you know this this white guy can go and grow to you know have a, a great wonderful life and live in a, a suburb and have like all the you know the desirables you know live the american dream right and so then i can do the same exact thing but yet just by my skin color you already have an association because of the way that america has been and i'm not going to get that fair shake because um historically in the mind's eye, it's kind of like, oh, uh, because of his skin color, he's probably just like the rest of them or, you know, and, and that's that's not okay. You know, and they just like, and the thing with, you know, just being black, there's so much negativity that's glorified. Right. Um, and it's unfortunate that a lot of those standards are just like those negative agendas are, are pushed on. It's like, just think about hip hop. Hip hop comes from a lot of like pain, but yet, you know, these people who are writing these lyrics, they're doing nothing but reporting what they actually see. Right. And like, that's, you can't say that they're wrong. They're just, you know, going from what they see and what their experiences are. Yep. And unfortunately, because um, when it comes to 
the money. Like nobody talks about, you know, the Philadelphia poverty rate being 25.7. You brought that actually, up in the podcast and that it, fucked me up. Bro, that's very high. It's crazy. Um, and um, when you have, you know, just a poor neighborhood, poor schools, poor teachers, those people grow up to be poor and the cycle never changes. No, it's a vicious fucking cycle, dude. Bro, and it's that's something that needs to be changed. But, you know, I, I think um, the way that black people are perceived, um, hopefully that changes. But that has to change from, you know, just people opening their mind. And when I, I never yeah. I never give my stories or, you know, just use my podcast to change anybody's mind. It's just to open it up because you're going to believe what you're going to believe, right. you know, no matter what. But when you have new information, what you decide to do with it is up to you. And like I've I've learned so much from different cultures, bro. And I me I'm, too, man. I'm, you know, just we can't make it just you know just black and white. But that's where the friction always is. Always. Now, nobody even thinks about uh, how people who are of Muslim faith, the yeah. things that they've had to experience, you know, since since nine eleven. Nine eleven, yeah. It's it's still wrong. And yeah. how do you expect somebody to feel good about themselves when you have, you know, a nation constantly, you know, putting them down? You know, and that's what it makes me me think about about. things like just the way like that was proliferated when we were fucking kids, like we like we were taught about nine eleven like that, like and and it 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 brought more divisiveness. Like it that shit is taught. It's fucking crazy. And until we can fucking change the way that we are teaching things to people and that we can socialize differently, that's where change comes from. I think change comes from communication and actually making active changes in the way that we fucking think. Like that's yeah, the- and that's that's why I say reach one, teach one, man. Like since I got all the new information, you know, just all of my experiences, I would I would be very um, selfish if I weren't to share the keys with with people um, who actually want it. And so right. when we, you know, everybody has a voice, use it and inspire people to use their own, because that's how you start to, you know, spread things throughout the wildfire. I mean, it's like wildfire. But remember, like the the most impact. Um, and the, the biggest changes really happen silently, yep. you know, like we're really nobody knows it. So just think, you know, just you and I, like for us to really do what we wanted to do, our dedication had to, you know, happen when nobody else was looking. Like, it's you when, know what it's, it's like. It's when you're not when people aren't looking at you, the shit. If you can drag yourself out of bed early and get to this is like a, a sports reference. But if you can get to the gym before everybody else and they yeah. don't even know they do, they don't have to know that you did it. Like, I think, like, the way you put it in the fact that it, need, it needs to be both systematic and subconscious. Like, it needs to be that we need to work right. on ourselves, like, in, in a big way. And, I mean, dude, honestly, like, we brought it, I brought it up earlier, but, like, the fact that you see this many people, like, four years ago, Kaepernick kneeled, right? Mm-hmm. And the movement, the Black Lives Matter movement wasn't where it is now. That was four fucking years. And look at the change that has been made inside of so many people to say, Holy shit, we were wrong. Even the fuck, I don't know if the NFL is serious about what they're saying, but even in four years, the NFL went to from hell no to okay, that was fucking wrong. We fucked up. Like, I've been impressed to see the change. Like, I I know if I've had changes inside of myself, like a hundred, like just looking empathetically. I've always had empathy, but like for me, like there's always there's always been like I'm from Northeast Philly. We talked about this, and right. I have a lot of friends who I grew up with who are police officers. And if there would be conversations about this previously, like there would be a layer of, dude, I 100%, I agree with you, but I got friends who are cops. So like, just don't talk bad about them. And the more that I've had conversations over the years, it's been, holy shit, we're not talking about my experience. We're talking about 
the fact that there's two fucking experiences. That's insanity. That needs to change. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, and we've had so many examples um, of it. And I'm like, when are we going to change? It's something that you you said um, that um, that really just you know sparked thought when you said you know this systemic and and you know the subconscious, you know, and that's if you think about it, that is kind of what the the mantra of politics you know really is. And I'm not 100%. a political guy, but you know you have one people who I mean systemic. We're really thinking about money. Because yep. when you think systemic, you're trying to control the money and where people are and, and how much somebody has. And then subconscious, that should be just just free. Yes. You know, it doesn't it shouldn't take, a, you know, a, a dollar amount or anything to treat somebody the right way. Yep. But yet, you know, people, the way that America is structured, um, the more money that you, you have, uh, the more that. Uh, the, the better people or treat you and the better you'll be perceived. And, and that's not right. It's not I mean, right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm against that, man. Me too. Um, the other thing that nobody really wants to, you know, speak about is the bad behaviors on, uh, of the, of, of the communities. I think I said that in a podcast. Yep. Like, okay. Well, don't talk badly about it. I'm like, okay, well, how about, you know, the selective groups need to hold the bad behavior that happens in their hut. You need to hold them accountable. Well, it's not up to them. Yeah. And here's why. Um, we really weren't taught, and I can speak for myself, um, just going through high school, I don't care about politics. I mean, yeah. like, for what? Like, what, that stuff doesn't matter. But, I mean, I still couldn't tell you, you know, who does what. What does a councilman do? What does um, a state representative do? Nobody tells us these things. And right. the, the law enforcement officers are doing nothing but enforcing the law who was written by politicians. Right. And, I mean, for, uh, like, things get voted in, and we have the power to vote, but we don't realize what kind of power as people that we really have. We have the right, you know, to, you know, push, press people to get these laws changed. Yeah. And so we can actually have, uh, you know, some kind of progress. Bro, now, think it, about this. It's funding. Oh. It's funding. It's fucking, we have so much power. Mm-hmm. And I think you're seeing that right now, dude. You're seeing people say, like, oh, shit, get to the polls. Like, I saw so many posts about people getting out and voting in primaries. I was like, I've never seen that before. Yeah, there's there's one thing that I, I really question, um, and only I won't really have any answers until we have uh, enough sample size of time. Um, we saw something like this happen before, right? Um, and I say that because you know we have you know my my hero, I got him tattooed on me, uh, Muhammad Ali. You know, stood up and said, "I'm not going to you know fight you know for you know for this country." You know, no Viet Cong ever called me the N word. Yeah, and you know, they stripped him of boxing, wasn't allowed to box. And so then they realized they were wrong. And then they gave him, you know, his license back. And we all know what happened from there. But was that a situation where people didn't want to be on the wrong side of history? Or was it authentic? Because you shouldn't have to beg anybody to treat you right. Right. You know, it's, this should be something where, you know what, where if you shouldn't have to force yourself on anybody, but yet, you know, the, the, the system has, uh, really well, just from the slavery days, man. If and I think I mentioned it, you know the Willie Lynch speech. You yeah, know, which I said, looked it up you know, as soon as you said it, bruh. Did you see yeah, it? Fucking insane, bruh. And you you can still see the the effects that it still has today, right? And so what what's needed? We just need positive people to push the message and people that you know that they can identify with, right? You know what I mean? And stop. What happens is over the years. When it comes to being black, uh, just the, well, not only just, it's more so a, a money thing, but, you know, just from 
it seems like the system doesn't want black people to have. So you dangle a carrot in front of, um, you know, a whole community, you know, for so long and say, oh, you're going to get this, you're going to get it. Then you never get it. Of course, it's going to make people mad. And then when, once the people who do get the carrot, they're going to flash in front of everybody else because we've been, uh, we're in the culture. It's kind of like, oh, you better, you know, don't take it personal. You just know, like, this is what you, you got to do to in order to get what you want out of life. Bro, but the thing is, like, that's really amazing is that it's no longer just you having to fucking figure out how to, you know, jump the hurdles. It seems like the rest of America is finally catching on to say, yo, why the fuck are those hurdles there in the first place? Like, yeah, it's, 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 that's human nature, man. It's fucking crazy. It's, it's you, amazing. You would think you, America self-sabotages itself all the all time. time. All the fucking time. That's the thing. Like I was talking about this the other day and I said, like, yeah, like if you think about it, if you look at like the strife that was the sixties and the seventies and the and the changes that were made, right? Right. We found a way to fuck it up with the eighties and we some we somehow went completely backwards and like undid everything that we did before. And then the nineties and then the nineties come and there's the LA riots, there's the Rodney King situation, and then there's more awareness brought. Somehow, this is where like to me, like this shit gets so wild is because the fact that we're talking 1967 and we're talking 2020 and we're still talking about the same shit. If you don't think that's a fucking problem, then you are the problem. Like that's fucking crazy. Nobody says that. Nobody says something for 60 fucking years. And it's not real. And nobody doesn't think about it because again, because of the laws and you know, just people in power, they pick and choose what it is that they, they want to address. Now you think about it like this, just in the, in the last, you know, five, six years, right. How many mass shootings have we seen? Too many. Too many. Now, uh, in Canada, Nova Scotia has one. All assault rifles are banned. And this just happened this year. Dude, it's the same and, thing and, with, with New Zealand. They did the exact same shit. Like, yo, Australia happened in 97. And then they said, you know what? We're going to do something about this. Why is it that it takes us? Is it because we are built, like, our country's built on civil liberty? And it's it's kind of like, you can't tell me what the fuck to do Like mentality. Yes. Is a, that, like, that's to me, yes. like... We need to move so much further into, into the group, into the, that's the thing too with the internet. When, wow, we're really going for a full circle in this one. When you see people continue to fragment and fragment and fragment into smaller and smaller groups and say like my group is right, your group is wrong, and you see that that headbutting going on online, especially because online you never have to like really get in a confrontation because you're you're never going to be in the same place as that person. Right. If you have, you know, you you watch these arguments online. And if you watch them happen in person, it'd be a much different conversation because it would generally be you'd find something to agree on. That's the one thing about the Internet that fucks me up is the fact that there's there never has to be a resolution. There never has to be a a come to an understanding because you're never going to see that person. So you can call him a pussy and then just never answer back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, let me ask you a a, a question. Good. You know, when it comes to just people and how we treat each other and all that. Right. Yeah. How is it? How is it that? You know, like city, the, the city of Philadelphia is very prideful of the Eagles team. Yep. How many instances have we seen people get violent over somebody representing another team? And that has nothing to do with skin color. Look, I mean, you know how badly, you know, some people, uh, just our reputation is as, as Philly sports. Yeah. You know, and that's a behavior thing. That really doesn't have anything to do with, I mean, but yet, you do you want to give, put so much aggression towards, you know, somebody who, who doesn't want to cheer for the same team that you do. Yeah. That doesn't make sense, you yeah, know, but yet, because we, it's, it's supposed to be sports. It's supposed to be like, hey, well, like when I, I saw somebody, uh, um, you know, they, I was at one of the tailgates and they had on, a, I believe it was a Lions jersey or a Browns jersey. 
And I, I just looked at him and laughed. I said, hey, you know what? You you both for wearing it, but props to you for doing it. I'm not going to like, you know, yeah. make you feel bad about your decision. That's Bro, not that's not OK, because now you might traumatize somebody to where like, you know what? I don't want to cheer for anybody. I just want to be in my bubble. Like, that's not how humans should treat each other. And yet, the, wait, and here's what's funny. The players, when they get done, they're, they're going to the bar like, hey, man, like. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> the thing is, like, so I think about my bachelor party last year. We did week one of the Eagles was the end of the bachelor party was because I'm a diehard Eagle. I'm a diehard. I'm a diehard Birds fan. And uh, it's funny you brought that up because that was the game where. <laughs> Mike Scott wore a Redskins jersey, Redskins jersey and, got, yeah. you know, and got a fucking fight in the parking lot because somebody had to be a smart ass and talk shit. Like, and then and then they called him a, a racial name, a racial yeah, slur. Dude, and you know what? Explain. That dude is lucky he made it out of that parking lot alive. Dead serious. He's fucking really lucky he made it out of the parking lot alive. Not only, first off, we should have ate our own on that one. We all should have jumped on that dude. I'm surprised more people didn't, especially because first off, Mike Scott's a national treasure. Mike Scott's a fucking man. Yes. It's second yes. off. Don't bring that shit down there. Don't bring that shit anywhere, but don't bring that fucking shit down there. Like, this is a happy place. This is not a place for you to be an asshole. You know what I mean? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You, see the, you see the Philly come out real quick? You see that? <laughs> Just get the fuck out of here, dude. Yo, wait, wait. You know what's funny? Like, I was... um. I was saying to a buddy of mine, if we would have, you know, just like just coming out of West, we would have saw somebody loot and we would have like, man, if you don't take your broke self in the house, man, <laughs> you tripping. Dude, and that was the funniest <laughs> shit too. Yo, that fucking... It's the just whole, a Philly in this, man. It is. It really is. Like, I do that all the time. Like, I'll be in, I'll be in Nashville and like, I'll be having a normal conversation with somebody and I, you know, I, I try and control the accent a little bit. I try and have like a kind of like straightforward business voice. And if somebody brings up something like once we get to know each other, maybe a drink or two, and I'll just be like, it's coming out. Ah, it's coming out, bro. Fuck, fuck that shit, dude. I don't care about that. Like I could turn the it's, accent it's on. Coming out. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's here. It is. It's deep in my it, heart. It really yeah. is. And, but it's, it's love. It's really like, I get the warmest fucking feeling when I talk about this city because it, I've never been anywhere like it. And I've been around the world. I've been to fucking Europe. I've been. Philly's ever, different. It's different, dude. And, you know, we've we've had a lot of conversations amongst the band. Is should we move to L.A.? Should we move to Nashville? Should we go, you know, where the industry is? Or do we continue to do the back and forth situation? And look, man, I fucking I married my high school sweetheart. We met in Northeast Philly. That's we're, dope. From, we're from there, bro. Like our families are from there. I just want to be where my family is. Yeah, like it's the most yeah. important thing to me. Just think of how much, you know, just great music has come from Philly, just from Philly, man. Like Gamble and Huff. Um, I, I, yo, I literally, Philly sound. I literally was going over last night. I was watching the uh, Mark Ronson documentary with my wife and he was uh, showcasing this string arrangement that he was putting in one of his new songs. And right away I went, if he doesn't pay Gamble and Huff for that fucking string arrangement, yo, the forgotten, <laughs> not, not forgotten, but like, yo, the Philly sound was everything. Like everything. It, yeah. Everything. And how many people have come from the city? It, 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 it's like unfathomable of the amount of talent people that's come out of here. People don't even realize that disco was born in Philadelphia, Philadelphia. but made popular up in New York. New York, yeah, because Studio Fifty Four. Yeah. This is the which is a great documentary. Which Yo, is by a the great way, documentary. This is where I think me and you could really go deep dive. By, by the way, this is not the last time you're coming on the podcast. We're doing a standing appointment every month, but like we could go on. Deep di- we could go on deep dives into like music history because like you talk about game on huff to me and like I, I see the way that's influenced a lot of things and just the fact dude fucking um the musicians that wanted to be a part of that like and i'm talking like d- 
English, like Elton John came in and recorded Philadelphia Freedom. David Bowie came yeah. in and recorded Young Americans in Philly because he wanted that sound. He wanted those horn textures, those drum tones. Like, we're, it's a city of originators, dude. It really is. And it's just a shame. It feels like sometimes people have to think they have to leave here in order to make it. And well, you, it it's it's kind of it's kind of true but you know it that doesn't it doesn't have to be that way because no. it wasn't always like that it so we have and we it's have also proof. we have the internet and as much yeah. like i mean i i was in la right before covid started uh I fucking basically have a second life in nashville like i understand like i do the leaving part like i understand that but like i keep my roots planted here my house is here my wife is here my family's here like you think about people like people don't know that pink the the one of the biggest pops yeah. in the world she's from doylestown dude and you look at people like, well, you can say the roots, the roots have stayed here. Roots, the yes. roots have fucking stayed here. And that those are that's why I admire them so much. I mean, besides the fact that yeah, I don't know, like they they have like three of my favorite fucking records of all time. But it, it's a matter of there's a certain pride that comes out of you when you're from here. Like really there really is. Because you, you, you it's real tough. We're tough on each other, uh, yeah. but there's no we love each other because no, we 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 really prepare each other for the worst of life. You know, just yeah, think about it that's like a good this, point. man. Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, bro. Like when you heard him talk, you can hear the Philly all the way in. Like just from him talking smack, just that that drive. Like and he represented you know Philly very well. You know because yes, he he made his mistake. You know and Philly yeah. has his mistakes. And but yeah, mistakes are part of human of life. Like we grow yeah. from that shit. You look at who that dude was. First off, I will say this: I can't lie to anybody. I hated Kobe Bryant's guts because of two thousand one. Like two thousand one was like my Sixers team. Like that was like my childhood Sixers team. And right. to watch him kick the shit out of us for four straight games after game one, I was I was always team fuck Kobe just because of that. But when he got later in his career. And I'm talking like the 08, 09 championships yeah. with Paul Gasol and, and Andrew Bynum. Fuck Andrew Bynum, by the way. Um, of course. I did this wrong. <laughs> you watch the way that dude grew. And by the time, sadly, the end of his life, that was a grown-ass man. That was a man who knew who the fuck he was. And that was the thing about mm-hmm. Kobe. Kobe knew who the fuck he was. Like, I love that. Yeah. Yo, Bean was, was kind of – I looked at him as like my big brother. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, just – I look to Muhammad Ali for inspiration. And then obviously we already know like the trickle down effect from that. So when we saw somebody who just wanted it like Kobe, then just to know he was from, you know, where I was from, like, oh, like this, this is it. You know, just like just the, the Philly people, man, Will Smith, DJ Jazzy Jeff, uh, you know, DJ uh, Active. You Jill know, Scott. Yeah, man. Dude, like, that's my shit. I did you did you happen to see the the versus battle of Jill Scott versus Erica Baldo? I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, you didn't because, have you know, to. It's, 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 it's really been hard to just like stay locked and, and focused on something because of hard times. But I have, I did appreciate it. And they were, I, I think they, they, if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong. One of them used to write for each other. Um, yeah, like they uh, were. Jill Scott wrote for Erica. They were the same, that's what it was. I think she wrote. She wrote the part for. Um, she did the original demo for "You Got Me," and then Erica Badu wound up singing it. Which, that by the way. Sense. You know, things fall apart. That that was my conversation starter. Like I, I've I've had so many great hip hop conversations starting around that album. I guess I'll put that as my first thing I've been listening to because I've been listening to a lot of um, Black Thought, just his solo shit. Yeah. Um, and then I I went on a deep dive in D'Angelo in the last couple of weeks. Um, and hold, hold first- on, hold, can, you, can you stop? I didn't mean to cut you off. Like I'm no. sorry. Yo, no, 
that album, when it first came out, was so impactful because my sister bought it home. And I remember the CD is white CD with, you know, it's just like the cover. That was the kick in the door of Neo Soul because this dude is like talking about thug stuff, but singing it. So are we it talking D'Angelo like, or are we talking, are we talking things fall apart? D'Angelo. Oh, I mean, D'Ang- dude, D'Angelo's fucking. It, it's, it, it's, <laughs> he, he started that whole, like with Brown Sugar. I Brown Sugar like was the first record. Wait, and look, bro, we like during the, I was, I was young. This is probably I was like 10, 11 years old. And I just remember hearing on the radio, I met him, Phil, and his name was Brown Sugar. I'm like, oh, yo, I know. I still do that today. Every time I hear that shit, I always do the same thing. But, yo, like, because for me, I'm thinking, um, I had this conversation with Bruce Warren. He's the head of XPN. And we were talking about when was the last time you heard something that really jumped out of you? His question to me was, when was what was the last America's Most Wanted? Ice Cube. When was the last America's Most Wanted you heard? And my my quote was probably to Biffa Butterfly, like Kendrick, a couple, couple of years ago that really made a statement, jumped out at me. But then we went back. He went as far back as to say, when was the last voodoo you heard? There is no other voodoo. Voodoo is, a, voodoo is its own thing. That was another record when I was a kid that my dad showed me. And I heard the first lines of um, fucking, holy shit, why? Devil's Pie. The first lines of, De- yeah. the first bass notes of Devil's DJ Pie. DJ Premier. I mean, DJ Salute Premier. Salute Premier. Dude, Primo was, Primo to me, like, Gangstar fucked me up. And then Illmatic yeah. as a kid. Illmatic represent is one of my favorite beats of all time. Mm-hmm. I, uh, DJ Premier is, is an all-timer for me. But just I was bringing it back from Voodoo to think of Quest Love because Quest Love put the entire album together. He put the drums together. He put the fucking the patterns together for that. Yo. Yo, his drum solo on You Got Me is ill. Unbelievable. You already know what I'm talking about, see? Like in we performed that. We performed that live in Austin last year. We uh we were down there for South by Southwest and uh our boy Chill Moody. I don't know if you know Chill Moody. Yeah, yo, I met I met Chill. I did an event with him uh almost about a year ago at City Tap House. So Chill was uh Tap House at University City. Crazy. Chill's Chill's a great dude. We we have um we just been friends and he uh he was there i i would i instagram dm'd him on the way down to austin because he was playing the same show and mm-hmm. i was like yo can you rap the first verse that you got me because we have erica in the band and i she we've covered different erica badu songs and shit like that and because erica's voice matches up really well and uh so we bring him through the crowd there's like 600 people there and fucking we start ripping through that and jimmy did that he did the drum fill and I, that's when i turned my drummer jimmy and i was like all right yeah this kid knows what he's doing. Yeah, bro. It's uh, because of just the love for music and DJing. Like I've gone into so many rabbit holes. Oh uh, yeah. Just to like you know look for the drummers and look for the different sounds and you know who brings what to the table and just and look, Questlove's a dope DJ as well. Dude, so, I was just gonna. Dude, you you ever heard of the band Arcade Fire by any chance? I have. So their lead singer, Win Butler. Is he he lives a, a secret double life? His his DJ name is DJ Windows ninety eight, and he does club shows and he does like old school hip hop shows. And this is a right. dude in a nine piece indie band. These are the kind of conversations that run past fucking genre. There is something about hip hop and the DJ relationship that is fucking universal. And like to me, I would dude just one time in my life. I want to stand on a turntable and just pick two hours of deep cut records and then some feel good, crazy shit on top. Like I would, I would start with 
uh, Ain't Gonna Hurt Nobody by Brick would be my first song. That's been on my constant yeah. list. But, dude, this has been absolutely spectacular, Move. I just want to say yeah, that. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to just be here, man, and just for us to be able to just kick it, you know, unscripted. But we've always had that connection, bro. You, like my biggest thing is I said because you said like we were talking earlier and I was you were like what should I be prepared for and I was like dude we're just gonna bro it out that's really everybody who we do this with like whether or not I know them whether I don't know them they're famous they're not famous and it always comes down to the the number one thing I always say is it's just gonna wind up we're just gonna wind up bro out dude we're just gonna wind up chopping it up because it's this is what it's about dude look how much we covered in what like an hour like I, been, bro only thing I've been just checking my phone to see if it's anything important. I mean, but Lil, we we rolling, bro. I yeah. mean, look, Ernie, Ernie's being a being a straight up G. <laughs> Dude, I was just gonna I actually mean, say though, fucking your son's being outstanding. I can literally hear my dog downstairs freaking the fuck out. And I'm just worried right. whether or not this is gonna come through the microphone. <laughs> no, I haven't heard him. Dude, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna cut it here just for the sake of time, but we're gonna yeah. set this up for a standing appointment once a month. Move comes on, I come on yours. I don't care. Let's just keep this going. I thoroughly yeah. enjoy this. I would, I would, I would absolutely love to, man, because like just think about the stuff that we really haven't covered and the things that you know. Once, uh, if we decide to, you know, just go back and, and look at the at the tape and just say, oh, we, I should have said this, I should have said that. Yeah. You know, there's so many different things, and you've already shown like just how how deep you know like your your music knowledge is, and you know you have so much perspective. And look, I want to I want to ask you more more questions, you know. That's what um, we're gonna be just, here for, bro. I, I mean, to, it, it was it the, the the beautiful thing about this was we covered music, we covered human, we we covered human issues, like and we in life. life and just like with absolute respect and a situation where I mean, Christ, we're gonna look back on this in ten years and just be like, holy shit, do you remember that shit? Like, yeah. there was a pandemic and then basically like race relations in the United States changed forever. Like, bro, and this is a timestamp. It What's is going on right now. Like and my, I, my son can look back at this and like, well, you know, like, I mean, for well, this me, is like, what was going on. I mean, like when you're a kid too, there's like, there's moments like, I mean, forever being that I was I, I, of like of my age, like 9-11 will always be stamped in my head. I know exactly where I was. I know exactly what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And like, to me, like, I look at this and I think like, especially for the younger generation, this is going to do so much good for them. It's going to make a change for fucking them. And mm-hmm. we get to be a part of that. And that's an amazing thing. And they matter, man. They are the future. They are the future, bro. And I, I don't have any yet, but I will eventually. And I want yeah, them to and look, you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy it, you know, and like, bro, like this, there's no better feeling than being there and educating, you know, the, the next, the next up. And so that's what really made me want to be, um, you know, just like just understanding mentorship because, I'll tell you the quick story real quick. Uh, there was the, um, you familiar with the Bloodhound Gang? Yeah, they're from Philly. Yeah. The, uh, their DJ, Q-Ball, okay. um, he has been my mentor through and through for the last 10 years. Wow. Like, and he's educated me on so much music because he saw, like, that I really wanted it. And we spun together a couple months ago. Um, and it was still like that feeling like I want to like show, like I want to put my best foot forward for my mentor and just play with him. And of course, like, you know, during the first set, I had like a, a strong, like, you know, 40 minutes and then I like messed up. I'm like, ah, like then I looked over at him and just laughed. But yeah, but we, we laughed about it because it's really just you wanting to, you know, put your best foot forward. And so by him 
just caring about me taught me like you need to be there for people and just help educate everything doesn't need to be competitive but when the lights are on you got to be the most competitive person in the room yeah you know but oh, outside 100%. of that you know it Bro, and like my, my, with him, my, i'm thankful for him my biggest mentor is uh his name's trey sasser and he uh he was the first person that gave me a chance coming out of college uh he's from nashville and he was the first person that signed me to make records uh this is five years ago and to this day i still put on extra for him because i i got here's the thing though this is a really cool kind of a good way to you know end the conversation but i had always gone to him and uh, i had been back and forth between here and nashville i still am but i mean like to make music beautiful from, city by the way one of my favorite places in the world yeah. uh it's not my home but it, i love that place um and so between 2015 and 2019, I went to Nashville, I think, 32 times. And half of those were driving. And I yeah, went, same. I drove down there. Bro, I really think I knew we were on to something when it was December. It was six months ago. And Trace flew to Philadelphia to finish our to make a record with us. So oh. it went it went from, you know, having to go down there all the time to like the he came to us and I thought that was like the coolest shit, like mentorship and, and just like having someone to look to is yeah. such an important thing. The amazing understands thing, you dude. And the, the amazing thing too, is for you, you're someone who's still learning, but you also have that idea of, I want to like help people and I want to like put people on to me. Like, I feel like I'm still in this situation where like, I'm still learning so much. And maybe this is just, it's almost a self. You'll know it'll come to you. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe I'm just waiting on that moment. Yeah. It'll, it'll come to you because like for me, is once I realized every, I got everything that I really wanted out of the the, the DJ business for the most part, because you just want to play. Yeah. And you want people to just, um, you want the respect of the veterans and you just want people to just appreciate what you do. Once that happens and you have that standard, it's like, well, what's next? And then I kind of like, you know, just went into a you know depression. I'm like, yo, I'm like, how come I'm doing what I want to do, but I'm not, you know, thoroughly happy? Yeah. The missing link was you need to give the information to everybody else. You need to like help uplift those who want to want to be helped. And be honest with you, I haven't had I've had the most fun in my DJ career in the last uh, two years just from helping out uh, the people who want what I have. And I don't mind getting, um, you know, helping them get there. But, you know, I also let them know, I'm like, hey, if you want to do it, if I do, I'm showing you what you got to do. You know, you need need to do me a favor. I'm going to chop this up. And I just want you to put this as your fucking header on everything that you like send out to anybody because you are one mature fucking intelligent human being i love you dude i can't you wait make to me cry you. man Come no on, man. Don't, don't do that bro i gotta hang up if that happens you <laughs> but nah yo this has been spectacular we're gonna do this again soon um any final words Look, now, I'm, 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 gonna t- I'm gonna tell you man yo keep it up you know just keep it up man like you know your your personality your energy has always been authentic and thorough and just from you having like the appreciation as soon as i play you know your record you know, at work, you just, the finger automatically goes up and you show appreciation, Dude, man. Like, it, I, I know, I know how it feels like to, that's a lot of work that went into that, man. And like, it, you're still only up and up. Bro. The amazing thing is I've, I've gotten to this point now where we, uh, I still want my jacket, bro. We, Oh, I, I forgot about that. Yo, if, if the next time I, I see you, I'll give you mine. Like, I don't give a shit. I'll, I told nah, you there's I a, there's a, because there's no, a, that was ba- a gift. There, no, there's I a backstory it. behind that. And I'll get into that. But, okay. um, We've had so much happen in the past couple of months in a in a very positive way. I've never felt better, man. 
And it's amazing that quarantine has led me here. I, if quarantine didn't happen, I wouldn't have written certain songs. I wouldn't have met certain people and I wouldn't have done different things. And, uh, I'm, I'm just fucking ecstatic, dude. You know what? This yeah. is, this was, a, I feel better than when, after this conversation I did before, you know what I mean? Like this is, it's a beautiful thing. And look, here's the other thing. If you ever want me to put cuts on any of your records, I will gladly do it and keep me off the credits, bro. That no, is something I like, I will gladly. Bro, I, look, there's been I don't there's care been a, about that stuff. Bro, there's been a quote about about Kanye where they said, "If you walk in the studio and you're wearing white Valentino shoes, and and he in his rhyme says white Valentino, he's cutting you a check. I am that dude. <laughs> if you fucking tell me to play an A instead of a B, I'm you're getting a writing credit. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, just like just collectors, man, because it's it's a great journey, and we got to support each other. Just at the end of the day, like I'm here for you. No, I mean, I'm here this for goes you too. music and like we, we're from a great city. We are. And this is the kind of the unification that we need, bro. City of brotherly love. And this is what it's going to be. This is what it's going to be once a month. I'm dead fucking serious about that standing bro, appointment. I, I, mm -hmm. Let's do it. Dude. You know, I love, let, let, let's just grow. Let's continue to grow. That's all it's about. That's all it's about. Amen. Dude, fucking love you, move. I'll see you soon. You, and we're going to set part two up. All right. Be good. Amen. Peace.